I'll go home as a beggar and never be your wife. Hi, I'm Mary. And I'm Katie, and this is the Housewife Did It. Pop culture edition. Sitting still edition. Yes, we're going to sit so still. Uh, a little housekeeping. So, unfortunately, we will not have a pop culture episode next week. So, you'll get this on Tuesday, and then you will not get another one the next Tuesday. But there's some speculation that some things might be coming after we record this. So, do not fear. If something groundbreaking happens, just make your way over to our Instagram. We'll we'll still talk about it. We just don't have the time to do a whole episode for next week. So, but we will have true crime. We will have true crime. No no breaks in there. It's just going to keep on flowing. Come back every Friday, no worries. All righty. You ready? Yes. Okay. The Grammys are broken up because we have Grammys, and then Taylor Swift Yeah, in a whole other section. First, Miley Cyrus won her first ever and then her second ever Grammy this year. I loved her look, like her red carpet look, her performance look, all of it. People were like talking shit about her hair, but I liked it. Yeah. I feel like it was like... It was, like, kind of, like, a campy version of, like, Tennessee. Which is yeah, cool. I did not like her red carpet look. You know, like, I was staring at it thinking, like, is this insensitive in some way? <laughs> I Like, I don't know in what way, but it felt like it might be. And then at first when I saw the hair, I was, like, uh, like, Tina Turner and, like, whatever. But then everyone was, like, it's giving Dolly. Mm-hmm. So, like, I thought it looked good on her. Yeah. Uh, and, dude, she's fucking ripped. Like, mm-hmm. since the Grammys, I've already seen, like, a bunch of Instagram videos of, like, workouts to get Miley Cyrus arms. And I'm like, yeah. god damn. Yeah. Also, in her performance of Flowers, she did a lyric change. She said, I didn't want to leave, but I had to. I didn't want to fight, but we did started to cry, but then remembered, I just won my first Grammy. Like, her joy was, like, impossible to hide. I felt like she, like, didn't even want to be, like, performing the song anymore. Like, she was just so, like, happy. And so she was just, like, not a care in the world, just, like, singing Mm -hmm. her little heart out. It was so good. So happy for her. Yeah, people noted someone missing from her acceptance speech. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it was her second one, because I don't remember this in the first one, but uh, that she thanked, like, all these people in her family, and then she said, did I forget anyone? Nope. And she did not thank her dad. So, and then, like, since then, I've been kind of sleuthing on some Tish and Brandy Cyrus-ness, mm-hmm. and they have, like, an, a podcast called Sorry We're Stoned, and they're just, like, little stoners, and so cute. And she was, like, talking on Call Her Daddy about her relationship with Billy Ray. And so, yeah, I think there's Brandy just... Brandy or Tish? Tish. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's just, like, more to that. Um, but yeah. I kind of love, like, all the Cyrus girls just, like, being a little girl gang. 
Yeah. Isn't his new partner, like, Miley's age? I don't know. Something? I don't know anything about him. I haven't looked. Some worth sleuthing. Mm-hmm. Just a little note. Um, It's not unusual for these award shows to get political, but I noticed this. During the tribute for musicians who have passed, uh, singer-songwriter Annie Lennox was singing and then said, ceasefire now. And immediately the video and audio cut. And the reason I noticed, and it was so jarring, is because it went to an instrumental version of Paint the Town Red, which was like not really appropriate for a tribute. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm, that doesn't seem right. And then they, like, faded back out into, like, soft music. But, yeah, people are not thrilled with the Grammys for that. They did have another person, like, introduce a group of musicians who were, he said, like, a musician from Palestine, from Israel, like, kind of all playing together. And he was like, this is what, whatever, this is what we want. So I think they wanted to have, like, a very controlled message about the situation in Gaza and just kind of make it more like a, like a kumbaya, like everyone's friends message. Yeah. Um, Although I don't feel like ceasefire now is just like the most rogue thing for anyone to say. I do think it's a weird time to say it in the middle of a tribute. Yeah. Mm, I mean, is it like if you're thinking about like a bunch of people dying in in Palestine? I just mean like, like interrupting that feels like taboo. Yeah. I think it was like at the end of hers. Yeah. And she Mm. had, I don't know what the meaning is, but like she had like sparkly tears on her face. So I don't know if that was significant as well. But anyway, that was just jarring and people were not thrilled. But. I'm sure other people were not thrilled with her, so I guess whatever. Okay, (laughs) outside of the Grammys and something I did not expect to be reporting on, an alleged video of Drake nude from the bottom down and touching himself was leaked. I say alleged because, like, I guess it could not be him, though I think it looks like him, and like, with the AI stuff going around, like, I think mm-hmm. people have, like, a question of, like, could it just be entirely fake? Um, but the headboard in the video does seem to match the known headboard on Drake's private jet. Mm-hmm. Now, he has yet to confirm or deny if it was him in the video, but does not seem bothered by the leak or the accusations. And a popular streamer sent Drake a voice memo where he said... A lot of things, but essentially he said, you're blessed with your voice, and you're also blessed to have a fucking missile. And Drake just replied with eight laughing emojis. So, yeah. But it also, like, doesn't seem weird for Drake to, like, not confirm or deny, you know? Like, who cares? cares? Yeah. People are also joking and speculating that he leaked it himself in order to show off the goods. I don't think anybody is, like, serious about that, but, like, it's a, a good joke. But also, I cannot believe we have more than one piece of Drake news. And actually, I have a third time that I have to mention <gasps> him later in this podcast. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, no. But second piece, Bobby Althoff of the Really Good podcast announced that she and her husband, Corey, are going through a divorce. How do we um, know anything she says is real? Is my first question. <laughs> I'm like, are they? Are they really? 
What are what does she fake call her kids? Concrete and yeah, something George or something. But if you don't know, earlier in I guess in 2023, Bobby Althoff released a podcast episode with Drake where they're like in his bed recording which is, it's, like, innocently in his bed. Like, they're recording mm-hmm. a podcast. They're just sitting there. And it was up on her YouTube for a month before it was taken down, and the two unfollowed each other. And this, like, feud began simply because they had unfollowed each other. But people are now speculating that her feud with Drake was actually a falling out after she cheated on her husband with him, which she has continuously denied. She's This has, like, been going on since the YouTube video got taken down. But now that this video has leaked, people are like, hmm, maybe she did cheat on her husband with this man. And maybe he doesn't like it now that he's seen what's out there for her uh but she scandal yeah she says like so dave portnoy like there was something out of here (laughs) there was something that somebody from barstool sports like said that was like kind of insinuating that they also thought that she cheated on her husband with drake um and dave portnoy reached out to her and said like i like I don't like the way that this was said about you and like I've shut it down quickly, but this is what we heard that there's a rumor that the two of you slept together, but it like shouldn't have been addressed the way it was on our show or something like that. And she responded and she said something and then she said, but off the record, you're right. That did not happen. Okay. Yeah, it was like it was a weird way to word it, but why would you say it's off the record that it didn't happen? Right. Well, and he he like I, I would want that on the record. I think okay, I think I mixed it up in my head. I think actually what happened was somebody reached out to her with that speculation and oh. she said, Off the record, you're right, it didn't happen, and then they put it on their podcast. Oh okay. and Dave then Dave Portnoy apologized and was like we shouldn't have said anything because you said it was off the record. But the person who made the podcast was like, it's an Instagram DM. Like, my Instagram DM. Yeah. I asked, she answered. I'm also, like, not working in, like, a phys- like a like an official capacity as, like, I don't know. I think those lines are really blurred nowadays. Yeah. But, like, it is, it is a little different. You're not, like, coming there as, like, a reporter for People magazine and putting things that they said off the record, you know, like, right. Yeah. It's in my personal DMS. Like you could have chosen not to send it right. in a text, a text that I can save forever. You could also just choose not to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I just, like you said, it's weird to say off the record. I did not sleep with Drake while I was married to someone. You who's should not tell Drake. everyone I did though. <laughs> like, but on the record, I did. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll come back to Drake briefly. Oh. But on Southern Hospitality this week, Maddie and Trevor are officially back together, which luckily for Republic and their 10-year anniversary means she is willing to do her job again. Yay. Right? It's not a, not a lot went down on uh, the show this week, but we're gearing up for a blow-up, I think. But Leva pulled Emmy into her office and begin, which, okay, 
I learned this week that Emmy's real name is Emerson, which, like, a fucking course it is. <laughs> a fucking course. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've said before, like, it's like Vanderpump Rules with double names. It's like Vanderpump Rules with any kind of Southern name. We've got yeah. Joe Bradley. We've got Maddie Reese. We've got Grace Lilly. We've got Emerson. Mm-hmm. But Leva pulls Emmy into her office, and she's, like, talking about how great she's been doing and that she knows she wants promotion. And she says, I know you want Maddie's job, but I can't give you Maddie's job. Because Maddie still works here. Right. Maddie, it's Maddie's job. Maddie um, has it. But she then explained that she has noticed, like, how hard Emmy has been working. And so instead of giving her Maddie's job, she wants to make her the assistant general manager, which actually puts her above Maddie and Joe Bradley on the food chain. Yikes. So he said, I'll do you one better. She said, okay. Um, So it's like Leva and that blonde lady and Lamar. Right. Mm-hmm. And then their general manager is Chris, who's yeah. not a cast member, but we've we know who he is. He's the Peter of yeah. the show. And then anytime that Chris is not there, Emmy is the general manager. She is the yeah. assistant general manager. And then there are the VIP managers, Maddie and Joe Bradley. Maddie and Joe Bradley simply cannot handle this. Maddie is, like, still saying the same shit she was saying before. Like, she didn't know how to do this job, whatever. Joe Bradley is, like, somebody skipped a few steps. He's also upset because he says that he and Maddie got Emmy the job at Republic. And that, at first, everyone knew that it was just a way for her to watch Will. So, like, it's ridiculous that she could make it this far, blah, blah, blah. And then he tells Maddie... He calls Emmy the assistant to the general manager. I was waiting for this. And then he says, like, I wouldn't want to be anybody's assistant, blah, blah, blah. And that's, like, kind of where we end the episode is Maddie and Joe Bradley talking shit about it. Will overhearing it or reading lips, he says, and telling Emmy. And then it kind of, like, sets us up for the anticipation of a blow up in the next episode. So Um. we shall see. What, like, are we just, like, skipping, like, where Joe Bradley got a promotion and was, like, given, like, director VIP sales or whatever, like, and now he's just not? He's just like, VIP manager. Did, which, did he just ruin his trial run, which is fine if right. that is true, since he was fucking all of his... Right, like, I was gonna say, is whatever is that, did he lose it after the whole situation with Mia? Is that, like, was he, like, you know, they were they like, you know what, we gave you a chance, you blew it. But I want to say he was, wasn't he already a VIP manager at, like, the start of season one? And so, like, yeah, he's just got the same Still. job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that it is odd to me that we saw that whole promotion play out. Now he doesn't seem to have it. But maybe it'll get addressed on reunion of yeah. some sort. I don't know. But yeah, assistant to the general manager cracked me the fuck up. I was like, yeah, 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 that was our last tidbit. Oh, I did want to say below deck, regular below deck, I think just cut and dry below deck end of story started this week. And it is the first season of below deck with Captain Lee, not as our captain. Mm -hmm. Tough, but Fraser is back and Ben from 
last season. So Ben was a deckhand. He's now lead deckhand. And Fraser was Chief Stew, and he still is. So they're the same. And Captain Carey, he was on last season filling in for when Captain Lee had, uh, when Captain Lee got hurt. But I just have. But so far, so good. Um, and it looks looks promising. Hmm. Moving on to Miss Taylor Swift. Before we fully move on, I have a bone to pick mm-hmm. with Taylor Swift. Well, not with Taylor Swift, with UMG. Oh. Um, first of all, UMG, get it together. This is a direct message. I ordered Katie some Taylor Swift things for Christmas and her birthday in November. Mm-hmm. They said, don't worry, it'll be shipped by December 15th. It was shipped after the first of the year. Mm-hmm. I received it like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And and thankfully, after two months of emailing back and forth with a support person, they were like, we'll refund you the $114 you spent on our website. Great. Then, like two days ago, they emailed me and they were like, in addition to your refund, we're going to give you $114 store credit. I was like, in addition, okay. I got my refund and then they gave me a store credit. So you got $228. I said, okay, per. So I go, I go to spend my store credit. All I can buy is different variations of the pre-order of the tortured poets department. I don't get that. There is nothing else on the website anymore. Uh, well, you can wait. Yes. Right. But it expires in August. So why is that so crazy? They take everything else off. Like I literally, and I was like, my first thought was, oh, I'm going to pre-order the torture poets department. Of course I wanted to do that. That's not all I want for $114. Yeah. How many many copies do I need to get? (laughs) So this is my plea for UMG to please bring back the rest of the merch as soon as possible. Yeah. Before August, Um, please. And also, when they said they sent me the store credit, it kind of cracked me up because it said, like, what you ordered is no longer in stock. And I was like, because you took everything down. Yeah. There's nothing in stock. Nothing is in stock. Well, even what you have on there is not in stock. It's pre-order. Yeah. yeah. So this is my plea for them to bring things back as soon as possible. Because my fear is that if I order <laughs> before August or near August... Then they'll take everything down again, and I won't get it until next January. Yeah. So, uh, but also, and the reason I feel comfortable saying this is because I know it's not just me. I've seen mm-hmm. people on TikTok also complaining about their UMG orders through the Taylor Swift store, and that they got like a shit ton of like free stuff from them around Christmas because their orders were taking so long and they were having so much trouble with them. People Mm -hmm. were getting like free snow globes and like free Mm. cardigans, like the expensive shit. At least you still like you have the money money though. Yes. You know, I got that back. Yeah. All right. So Taylor Swift became the first artist, not woman, first artist in history to win four album of the year Grammys. Um, and I love the people are pointing out that she has now gone from the first woman in history to do a lot of these things to the first artist in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her Excuse first me. her first album of the year, she was the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't remember, but like every one of them has been 
a different record breaking. Yes. I think the most recent one was like the first woman to have three artists of the year awards. Yeah. yeah. So uh, because people have a problem with everything Taylor Swift does, some people have problems with the way that Taylor Swift accepted the award. First, people did not like that she brought Lana up, considering that Lana was nominated and essentially lost. So, like, chicks in the office talked about this, and they were like, I'd be pissed, like, if I lost. And then she, like, made me go up there and stand there like a loser. But I think it is important to know, and I think a lot of people don't know this, that Lana was a co-producer on the album, not just a feature on one song. Mm-hmm. So, like, bringing her up was, like, the same as bringing Jack up, mm-hmm. essentially. And I think it was more of Taylor saying, like, you still won. Like, a, an album that you greatly contributed to still won album of the year. So, like, you deserve to be up here. So, I don't know. It, that seems silly. Also, when accepting the award because there were 800 people on that stage that Taylor was hugging and talking to. She did not acknowledge Celine Dion, who handed her the award, who announced the award. I will say, if you watch the video, she doesn't even make eye contact with her. She doesn't even, like, say thank you. So, could she have done that? Yeah. But it's a whirlwind up there. People make mistakes. Someone said, like, you are tripping out your ass. They did not say it like that, but you are simply wrong if you think she did not profusely apologize to Celine after uh-huh. leaving that stage and say, like, oh, my God, thank you for the award. I'm so sorry. I got caught up. People were especially mad because Celine Dion is ill, and it was a big deal that she even made it to the Grammys. They said that earlier in the night she had received, like, a standing ovation just for being there. But I think that's important to note that Celine Dion has recently been diagnosed with what is called stiff person syndrome in which the recommendation is that you do not touch them abruptly Mm -hmm. or it will cause like a stim, like a reaction to stimulation. Yeah. There is also a picture of them with Taylor holding her Grammy from backstage. So clearly taken after this ordeal happened. I really think they're fine. Yeah. I think we have little to worry about. Yeah. Maybe she was even, like, overthinking, like, oh, God, I don't know if I should touch her. Yeah. And so it was, like, anxiety-inducing. And so then after, she's like, may I hug you? May we take a photo? (laughs) Yeah. But the biggest deal of Mm -hmm. the night, I would say, is in in her acceptance speech, Taylor announced TS11 called the Tortured Poets Department, which she has been secretly working on for two years. This is coming on April 19th, which is the same day that Emma Laird posted a photo of Joe Alland and that Taylor's friends unfollowed him on all social media last year. Speculation. Day after my birthday. That's true, too. This timeline of when she started writing it and then she'll later say in Tokyo that she started this like right after handing in Midnight's would presumably start right after the timeline that we were given for when she wrote You're Losing Me. So it seems that perhaps You're Losing Me led us into a full-on breakup album. Also 
just lots of little, I don't know, I don't want to call them Easter eggs, but like things. Uh, the back cover of the album says, I love you, it's ruining my life, which sounds a lot to me like you've ruined my life by not being mine, which gorgeous about Joe Alwyn. And people have speculated that maybe she was thinking, no, like before I give you Reputation Taylor's version where all these songs were like about me falling in love with Joe and like the beginning of our relationship, like you got to hear the tea about him. We'll get into later like theories that I think make more sense about why it came before Reputation. But also people do not think that the reversal of the Reputation colors is a coincidence. So essentially like this is like the antithesis of what reputation represented about her and Joe's relationship. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take us through the songs. And I'm going to take us through the theories about the songs. Yeah. The songs in order are Fortnite featuring Post Malone. Mm -hmm. So people said a fortnight is 14 days. It's two weeks. Uh, There were 13 songs on Midnight's. I mean on the original but there's also like millions of others now in the 3 a.m version and stuff so people felt like that's why this is track one that it's like the 14th Mm -hmm. after midnight's i don't know my favorite theory about this is a joke but people said it's called Fortnite after the game joe played all the time because he was unemployed uh yes second is the tortured poets department third is my boy only breaks his favorite toys Bad, bad boy, shiny toy with a price. You know that I got it. Bought it? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> know that I bought it. Know that I got it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> somebody asked me if they, I thought that one could be about Travis. And I was like, I don't know what they, I thought that's, that sounds angry to me. Yeah. I think she's talking, I think she's the toy. Yeah. Down bad. Yeah. Some people think this could be about Maddie Healy. I don't know about that. Yeah. So Long London. Not this being track five. Also, this I was going to talk about later, but like there are theories that this is like somewhat chronological, that like each side is like a different like phase since the breakup. Mm -hmm. If Down Bad is about Maddie Healy and these are somewhat chronological, then perhaps So Long London is about more than just Joe and she's like, fuck these English boys. All of them. I'm done. I'm going to get the most American thing. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going NFL. Yeah. But daddy, I love him. Yeah. People think a reference to the little mermaid. Ariel loses her voice to be with a man. Like she kept her and Joe's relationship really under wraps, but also Harry Styles once wore a shirt that said this line. So yeah. Are we getting more was, Harry Styles? That was my, my initial thought was, oh, that's a Harry Styles reference. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, like, Harry Styles did not invent that line and put it right. on Sure, Like, it's a classic, yeah. like, rom-com line. So I it could, it could very well have nothing to do with Harry Styles. But, like, as, like, a Harry Styles fan first and a Taylor Swift fan second, I was like, oh. Fresh out the slammer, which she then referenced in her picks to get ready for the Tokyo leg. Yeah. She, when she, she said like, let me find it while you explain. Um, yeah. 
I think people just wonder, like, will this, is the slammer, like, getting out of her long relationship, like, that's the, the imprisonment, or is this getting out of the long, of the years that she had locked herself away, which mm-hmm. we, like, she was just talking about in her time piece, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Taylor Nation posted three days ago, fresh out the slammer and ready for the first TS, the Eras tour show of the year. Tokyo, let's see your tour photos. Oh, yeah. Florida with three exclamation points featuring Florence and the Machine. Yeah, this one's interesting. So Mm -hmm. people feel very confident that this is in reference to her show in Tampa. Tampa was the first show in the tour after her breakup was announced and the first show where she had changed the set list from Invisible String to The One. So... I'm intrigued by the exclamation points. Yeah. Um, Speaking of punctuation, next Mm -hmm. we have guilty as sin, question mark. And then who's afraid of little old me? Also question mark. But that one's a question, so it makes sense. Who's Um, afraid of little old me, little old me, little old me? Possibly my favorite uh, song title of the album is I Can Fix Him, in parentheses, No Really I Can. Yeah. Do we all feel like that is definitely about Maddie Healy? Maybe. Possibly. My first no, you can't. Was, oh, Olivia Rodrigo is going to pull a switcheroo. Uh-huh. Because she's got, I am my father's daughter, so, like, maybe I can fix him. She will, yeah. You can't say that. L-O-M-L. Which, we, reading it, you're, you don't read it L-O-M-L, you read Love of My Life. Yeah. Is she going to, like, fuck with us, and it's not going to be Love of My Life? My, but going along with the daddy, I love him. Harry Styles has a song called love of yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And there was a little bit of speculation before Travis Kelsey that her and Harry Styles were rekindling. So maybe they did for a little bit. Maybe. I can do it with a broken heart. Yeah. Which I feel like is like pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Like she says she wrote this during the heirs tour so like she's doing it with a broken Mm -hmm. heart (laughs) that's it yeah the smallest man who ever lived this one is so fun so like the most obvious people are like is this about joe alwyn like are we gonna get some straight up serious tea yeah some have speculated that this could be about donald trump Mm -hmm. and others my favorite theory is that this could be about joe jonas who is notably shorter than his now ex-wife and Taylor's close friend, Sophie Turner. What if Mm -hmm. she found out some piping hot tea from Sophie about Joe, and she wrote a song about him being tiny? I think that's hilarious. I think think regardless of who it's about, it is such a strong diss title. Yeah. The Alchemy, which the word the in front of it seems odd to me. Yeah, it does. Like, I, alchemy I isn't, like, like, a noun, I feel like. Or, I mean, it's, like, not, like, a concrete noun. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know how you use it. Like, the like alchemy is, like, uh, the process of, like, turning a cheap metal into, like, something more precious. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, silver or gold. But I don't know yet that you would say, like, the alchemy. But people think this is essentially because she had described her and Joe's relationship as golden quite often 
that mm-hmm. she's basically saying like, but it was cheap. It was actually cheap. <laughs> Clara Bow. Mm-hmm. This one has had the best theories, I think. Yes. So Clara Bow was considered the first it girl. People talk shit about her a lot, especially her love life. Uh, the watch necklace that Taylor wore to the Grammys matches one that Clara Bow okay. wore. And Clara Bow has a Hollywood star on the corner of Sunset and Vine. Also a reference to Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it feels like Gorgeous, like maybe I'm, this is like a me thing, but like it feels like Gorgeous is the most like quintessential Joe song we got, mm-hmm. at least on Reputation. And so it feels like he, he like making a lot of these about that mm-hmm. is interesting. Interestingly, just this week, this obviously hasn't happened yet, but Clara Bow retired shortly after getting married. Uh-huh. So that's scary. Uh-huh. But people do think this is going to give like the lucky one vibes. Uh-huh. I, one of my favorite theories about this, I don't know if it's like a theory or just like strings people are putting together, but there is something, I don't know like what it is. It's, like, a song, I think, called When Battling Bill of the Bowery Fell for Clara Bow. Mm. And people are, zoom like, focusing on the Bill of the Bowery part because, apparently, Joe Alwyn used to co-write songs with Taylor Swift. And the pseudonym that he used that was given, that was given credit on... The songs he co-wrote was William Bowery. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. And then we have one bonus track called The Manuscript. So, one dollar more if you pre-order that one with the bonus mm-hmm. track. If you have a $114 credit, here are your, your options. hmm Anyway, clowns, including myself, like, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm don't worry, I'm a clown as well. Have found that Joe Allen allegedly has a group chat called the Tortured Men's Club, mm-hmm. which makes the entire album seem even more like a diss track than it already did. And in fact, there are some articles coming out alleging that Joe Allen has said that he is already very hurt by the production of the album and that he will be deeply upset if. Taylor reveals details of their breakup. Okay. Okay. I am not trying to like... Get in line, friend. Get in line. Yeah. Everybody's upset. I'm not trying to like reinforce this stereotype that like this is what she does. But she also has straight up said like if people don't want songs written about them or don't want things in songs about them, then they shouldn't do bad things. So Mm -hmm. like Joe, if y'all had just ended things amicably just said this isn't working anymore they would just be sad songs they yeah. wouldn't be exposing exposing anything about your breakup so like sounds like somebody got a little guilty conscience making him nervous little small man agreed do you think any of the songs will be about travis because we were talking about it and people were like, oh my gosh, like two years. Like that means there's no songs yeah. about Travis. Like just because she's been working on it for two right. years does not mean that the songs are all two years old. 
Sure, but it also doesn't mean that, like, even if she wrote one three months ago, right? That it doesn't mean she can't be. Well, it doesn't mean she can't be referencing the past. Like, yeah, just if she's writing while in a relationship with Travis, it doesn't mean the songs will become about Travis. Um, I'm just saying, like, negating the idea that none could be about him. No, I know. I'm just saying to people that are like, well, if she was writing on the U.S. tour, then there have to be songs about Travis. Like, that's not necessarily true. Yeah, I think maybe. Some, like I said, some people think side A, B, C, and D are like different phases since the breakup, that they're somewhat chronological, at least like the sections are chronological. But if that's the case, then like, I don't know which of the latter songs would be about him. Right. Like, I don't, like, like we said, None of those like, titles I don't, make sense. yeah, like, I don't think she's calling him the smallest man who ever lived unless, like, the manuscript is somehow, yeah. like, about him, and it's just, like, the bonus, or if the Clara Bow is gonna reference, like, getting married and, like, ending her mm-hmm. career, like, I guess that could be about him. Love of My Life could be about him, but that seems, like, too on the nose for her. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Someone also pointed out that there is a pattern that we can clearly see now where there is a new album and then two re-releases. So Mm -hmm. the first like set of the pattern is Evermore coming out on December 11th, 2020, Fearless TV coming out April 9th, 2021, and Red TV coming out November 12th, 2021. Then the next set of the pattern is Midnight's came out October 21st, 22. Speak Now TV on July 7th, 23. And 1989 TV on October 27th, 23. And now the sec- the third set, and assuming the final set, would be the Tortured Poets Department on April 19th, 24. And then eventually Reputation and Debut in whatever order as like the last new and two re-releases. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is actually like always kind of been the theory that I had worked off of was that mm-hmm. it would be new two Taylor's versions, new two Taylor's versions. I had pretty much given that up because for fucking five months now, mm-hmm. everyone has been so sure about reputation coming out next. So I just had like kind of thrown that away, but yeah, I mean, I had always kind of thought, like, you know, like, she has said, like, I'm going to make as much music as possible. So, like, mm-hmm. us thinking that she would, like, stop new albums and, like, finish all the Taylor's versions, like, I always thought, like, huh, maybe she'll throw another new album in there. But, yeah, certainly it didn't expect it to be four-word album. Right. And to not be Karma or to not be Orange. Yeah. He's fucking People with me. are... People are now also saying that the concert confetti where people were like, this is clearly a sign of karma because there is orange confetti that Mm. we have it mixed up. And that instead of it being cream forevermore and orange for karma, it was actually orange forevermore and cream for the tortured poets department. Interesting. Yeah. I also feel like, I know we have, like, a ways to go, like, a few years, but how cool would it be to release Karma as her 13th album? Mm-hmm. 
So I was gonna, I was even gonna say like if she did Reputation in debut and then like finished it new, off with Karma. Well, I was gonna say what if she did another new album and then Karma as like a re-release. Oh sure, yeah. Because she had written it. Yeah. Still like, with like a vault, like yeah. an all vault album. Like a fully, yeah. Interesting. Yes. I was like, what is happening? Really? <laughs> um, Taylor has also announced that the Eras Tour is coming, has found its streaming home, is coming to mm-hmm. Disney Plus on March 15th. It will have four acoustic songs, so four of the surprise songs, and mm-hmm. Cardigan will be on there. My husband has been, for weeks, like, okay, can we watch the Eras Tour? And I'm like, you want to pay $19 to just, like, watch it right now? Like, we'll only have it for 48 hours. And he's like, no, like, I want to buy it. And I'm like, you can't buy it. Like, you will have it for 48 hours. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I can't just pay extra to buy it? And I'm like, no, like, it's not for sale right now. And so I texted him when this was announced, and I was like, okay, like, you'll be able to have it. like." not just for 48 hours and he was like a fucking course it's going on disney plus and i was like what i thought you were gonna be so pleased with this news all of your precious avengers are on disney plus yeah come on now our girl has also come under fire recently for taking a 13 minute flight the other day on her private jet and also, people are saying that her team has been trying to conceal her flight records. I don't yeah, know how I people know see. that. But uh, apparently, there's like an account that like tracks celebrity flight patterns or whatever. Uh, there's an account that tracks celebrity flights, and so apparently, like her team is like trying to get, like, essentially that that's like stalking and like harassing to like track her movements. Mm. Um. So, I mean, different ideas for this. Like, sure, could it be that they don't want to be under fire for her flying for 13 minutes? Yes. But on the other hand, like, at least the reason they're telling us is just that, like, people don't need to know where she's going all the time. Yeah. People were already, like, starting to talk shit about her carbon emissions. And flying, instead of enduring a 30-minute car ride, certainly did not help. No. I do think that on one hand a lot of the people who are up in arms about her carbon emissions are simply haters and they're like grasping at something to be mad at her for but I truly cannot justify a 13 minute flight and I do think she needs to cut it out when it's avoidable however I am not the most famous person in the universe so I don't know what constitutes avoidable yeah I would be willing to risk being wrong in saying that a 13 minute flight is avoidable though yeah no I agree I think that like I've said before like what do people want her on fucking delta flights like she can't do that but she can be in a car right Uh, cars are she can get a car that's protected yeah Uh, and she does ride in cars (laughs) all the time so yeah I think yeah I agree I think I don't know how to justify that uh it's weird Mm-hmm. Um, it does, however, seem like the pressure is getting to her a little bit as she just got rid of one of her planes. Mm-hmm. 
and is down to one now. Uh, and yeah, I think on some level, like some level of pressure is appropriate yeah. for getting people to be more environmentally conscious. It does seem a little bit like I'm going to be frank here that like it's 2024. I think we all know that like a 13 minute plane ride is a bad idea, but you know, you yeah, live in your I learn. do. I do also think it's important to point out, though, that the claim that she is the number one celebrity carbon emitter is simply false. Like, that's not true. She is not even in the top 30 of celebrity Mm -hmm. carbon emitters. So here are the top 30 celebrity carbon emitters, none of whom I have ever heard anyone getting upset about for using Mm -hmm. a private jet, and some of whom I have never heard of. Mm -hmm. So... I I read it to Sammy earlier, so I'm going to read it the same way to you. I'm going to start at 30 and make our way up to one. Okay. So, starting at the bottom, Harrison Ford, Tiger Woods, Suleiman Karimov, Kenny Chesney, Dan Bilzerian, Drake, number 25. And do you know what he's doing on those on those private planes? Those private mm-hmm. jet rides? 24 is Jeff Bezos. Then Blake Shelton, Mark Wahlberg, Jack Nicholas, Max Verstappen, Tom Cruise, James Dyson, Paul Allen, Mark Cuban, Jim Carrey, Robert Kraft, Floyd Mayweather, George Lucas, A-Rod, coming in at number 10, America's Sweetheart, Celine Dion. Oof. Yeah. Y'all are so quick to defend her. She's so a number 10 carbon emitter. Number nine was Kylie Jenner. Then Leonard Blavatnik, Tyler Perry, Steven Spielberg. And our top five are Bill Gates, Beyonce and Jay-Z, Elon Musk. Number two is the arch nemesis herself, Kim Kardashian. And number one, also from the same family, is Travis Scott. So, so pipe have, down. We've got Queen Bee of the world, Beyonce. But we also love Beyonce, but nobody's running around. She's number four, and nobody's running around talking about her carbon emissions. And we're not uh, Celine Dion haters. Right. No, yeah, I like Celine Dion. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, all these people who, like, are, in general, like, beloved mm-hmm. are higher carbon emitters. But we're coming at Taylor Swift for being somewhat of a carbon emitter who's not even on this list. And three of those people... Came from the same same family. family. So, just want you guys, you haters out there, to check yourselves before you wreck yourselves. I asked my husband, I said, when I was writing this down, I said, what have you heard about Taylor Swift's carbon emissions? And he said that they are not good. And I said, what have you heard about her ranking? And he said, she is number one. I said, she is not. I said, I think you'll be shocked at who's number one because I think he has less reason to be taking private jets than Taylor Swift does. Yeah, where is he going? Who's, 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 after, well, after his concert, that one concert, he's like, I need to look up. Mm-hmm. I need to not be seen so much anymore. But yeah, Mark Wahlberg, Kenny Chesney, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Literally, where is Mark Wahlberg going? But that's everything for Taylor Swift. I just want y'all to be aware of the fact. Yeah. Um, and we will move on to Vanderpump Rules. This is one of my favorite. <laughs> this is one of the funniest episodes of Vanderpump Rules. Mm-hmm. So we open this week. It's also it's week two. Let's keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. 
Tom Sandoval is back for the first time this season, and his poor, poor assistant, Anne, is tasked with having to ask Ariana if Tom can have a birthday party at their house. And, like, listen, I'm 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 an Anne fan now. Like, I'm like, yeah, poor girl. Poor but girl. But, like, you don't want to say to Ariana, like, I have a question. Can I follow you out? She's just going... Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to follow you. And Ariana's probably like, why? Why are you going to follow me? Or what? Yeah. She explains that Tom offered to get Ariana a nice hotel room. He also pointed out that she would be at emo night for at least part of the night, probably for the most part of the party. But Ariana tells Anne that the party will not be happening. And if people are in her home, she will call the police. She also points out that he could, in theory, have a party for himself, a birthday party, literally anywhere else, which I think is, like, You own two bars. Right. I know that, like, he's, like, silent partner now, but who who the fuck is eating at your restaurant right now anyway? Yeah. Close it for the night and have your party there. Yeah. I also, like, feel like it makes sense that she was, like, I am basing this off what I know about him, which is that these parties go mm-hmm. till like five in the morning. Right. So like, forgive me for not thinking this is going to be a tame get together. Right. In the Vanderpump Rules after show though, they were like, I mean, people keep coming for her and saying like, you know, you can't call the cops. Right. And she was like, okay, but I do love being hyperbolic and yeah. girl same. And I mean, she could call them. Yeah, I mean, they're there's gonna truly come. nothing that could stop her from calling them. They're gonna come and say, "Oh, this man owns this home. There's something we can do." Yeah. But and it's not that um, loud. But she could also, yeah, if it got loud, she could also just tell her neighbors to call. Yeah. Um, but I love using the word hyperbolic instead of dramatic. Mm-hmm. That's my little um contribution to feminism. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Tom wants and explains Ariana's feelings to him. He's like sulking. He's put on his white noise machine so that she can't hear him talking in secret. His friend Jason comes over. I'm assuming it's the same one who he says can back him up on Nick Vile arriving to report to record a podcast at 8:30 p.m. and somehow finishing at 6:50 p.m. I'm assuming yeah. that's the Jason we're talking about. So like already Yeah. Anything he has to say, wrong, incorrect. But I but I think it is an important piece of information to know that Jason is not just Tom's friend. He works for him. Right. So, yeah, Jason being able to vouch for anything for you while on your payroll, not really trusted. Yeah. So Jason says, you know what, you should just throw the party behind her back anyway. And so that's what he decides to do. Mm-hmm. Ariana is now his mom. Mm-hmm. Tom is Katie Heron. And Jason is, like, Gretchen Wieners. Like, that's the the runaround we're having. Like, okay, you should throw Mm -hmm. a party anyway. Okay, I guess I will. Just don't tell her. Like, come on. He invites Schwartz, even though Tom is apparently mad at Schwartz for talking shit about him on Jax and Brittany's podcast. Um, And then he also extends an invite to James and Allie, who I was certain were not going to go. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I'll skip ahead to the actual party and then come back to Sheena. So at the end of the episode, we do see Tom's birthday party come to life. 
we learn that he is sober right now in support of the love of his life, who is in a mental health facility. Billy Lee and Kyle Chan mm-hmm. are there, but no one else that I recognize or that James recognizes, for that matter, he points out, who are mm-hmm. these losers. There's a guy talking to him about, like, in-depth conversation about, like, the restaurant, and James is like, first of all, he, like, in the interviews like i don't fucking know who this is but as the guy's talking he's like looking around him and above him he's like i don't want to be speaking to you yeah Um, i must say um lots of videos have now made it to instagram james does know that man uh there are lots lots of videos of him hanging out with him but i also think like james is a lot like sheena in not in a bad way in the way that he's like it's good tv like andy asked sheena the other day like do you realize that like tom probably didn't go unfollow summer moon like he just unfollowed all accounts that you had made and she said yeah but which is funnier for tv right. so like i think james knows he knows this guy but is right. like i'm gonna say they're all losers which they was were like, like it was a crazy group of people that i was like and he's like i'm so glad for these friends to still be here for me and i'm like they probably weren't there for you before yeah they're here now because you're interesting no i think it's the other way around he would not have invited those people to his home before true like let's be clear i think that if tom sandoval had to choose between having a party where he could invite sheena shea or this guy that works in his restaurant that's talked to james on numerous occasions but that ultimately is his employee he would choose Sheena, but yeah. he doesn't have that option anymore. So James does show up and Allie rides with him, but she refuses to get out of the car because she says she has gotten close to Ariana recently and she is not going to risk that for someone that she does not care to make a relationship with, which I love her. I loved yeah. her anyway, I, I but I loved this episode, watching her read Schwartz's birth chart, talking mm-hmm. about like, how she uses James's birth chart when he's like in a mood and like just listening to her talk about like listening to him about Graham and like all this stuff. And then that she is like, I I just love that. She's like so firm. Yeah. With like her morals. Like she, like at the, I bring this up all the time. Like at the reunion when she was like, everyone should be in therapy, especially men and especially James. Like, yeah. She's, like, not, like, budging on that because he has, like, gotten her into this TV show. And, and she's, she's, like, like not going to compromise. Yes. Like she's not going to compromise. Like, she's, like, you're, I'm not saying you're awful. Yeah. But I think you got some things to work on. Yeah. And, like, Sandoval and I don't need to be friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't need to, like, bash him constantly but we are not going to be friends because it's going to risk my friendship with Ariana and I'm not willing to do that. And even like when she was talking about like understanding why Rachel went the podcast route instead of coming back to the show, like she just is like, she's so like kind and like honest and it's just, it's very refreshing. Yeah. I think we've said before, she's too good, good for this group. Yeah. So basically James says that he's there to hear an apology for the part of this where he got hurt by his best friend, one, sleeping with his ex-fiance behind his back, and two, pushing him out of the friend group. Yeah. 
it was like really weird to watch their very different expectations of the night yeah. that like Tom thought that after like recent events and not speaking to James for many, many months, uh, that he should just like have him come in and like socialize mm-hmm. without having, I understand Tom doesn't think he owes him an apology, but like he didn't even seem to think they should have a discussion first. Right. Like, James was like, all right, I'm here. Let's talk. And he's like, oh, let me grab a drink. And then he's like talking to his friends. And yeah. James is like, okay, I wanted to talk. And he's like, oh, right. oh, you meant right now? And yeah. it's like, I'm not coming in to talk to a bunch of people you're friends with that I don't even fucking know. And like, I haven't like, you know, like, it's just like the elephant yeah. in the room that like, we have not spoken for months and you don't feel like we should do that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like, when James first started explaining how he was hurt in all of this, a lot of people, even at like the reunion, were saying like, mm-hmm. this isn't his to be hurt over. And like Ariana, I think even pointed out like, he has a right to be hurt. Like mm-hmm. technically him and Raquel at one point were farther along in the relationship process than Ariana and Tom were. They were engaged. Especially than Tom and Kristen were. Yeah. They were engaged. They were going to get married. Like, at one point that was like the love of his life and no, they weren't together at the time, but like still you, if like, even let's, let's, let's say Tom and Ariana had been broken up, then James would have still been hurt. Like it's hurtful to date or sleep with your best friend's ex-fiance like well and like lie like I think what Tom is missing is that everyone who was lied to is like a little bit hurt right especially James and like that's been a discussion in this show for 11 seasons now but like just let me know like I don't want to find out from someone else that you're fucking my ex and like I certainly don't want to find out that you've been lying to me about it for eight months or whatever so yeah I think the hierarchy of pain is like Ariana, James, Sheena, Sheena, mm, Katie. Yes. Mm. No. I don't okay. know. I, Ariana, James. Different. Ariana, James. I was going to say Schwartz and Sandys and Tom Tom employees. Mm. And then everyone else. I don't know. I think Sheena and Katie have to be in there somewhere. The thing about Katie is that it's like a different thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, I can never let go of the fact that, like, those three people, Schwartz, yeah. Sandoval, and Raquel, made, tried to make Katie the villain for an entire season for making mm-hmm. her, like, unreasonable, for making her, like, a bully to Raquel, for, like, they really tried to make that the storyline and had, and people have said this, like, had this never come out, like, you would have rooted for Raquel this season right. a little bit. And so, like, I just think that's, like, that's just, I don't know, dirty. It's dirty. Yeah. So they, they, he, they, James comes in and he's like, I won't be here long, but I want to talk to you. Like you said, he's like, oh yeah. And then walks away. James has to talk to this guy. He says he doesn't know. (laughs) And then he finally gets Tom to step aside and talk to him. And he like starts by like calling him out for not reaching out to him after the affair broke and Tom did apologize for that for like not reaching out but then said that James couldn't really be mad about the situation because James slept with Kristen after she and Tom broke up and when James and Tom were supposed to be moving in together 
And James is like, okay, let's not deflect by bringing things up from 10 years ago. Tom's like, it wasn't 10 years ago. And then Bravo was like, yes, the fuck it was. And Tom says, look, I'm not going to be held accountable for my actions if you're not going to be held accountable for your actions. Mm -hmm. That's just plain and simple. And then he says that James is a narcissist. Look, I said, he has been hearing this word so often that he's just like throwing it into his normal vocabulary without realizing why he's hearing it so often. Mm -hmm. James, when he leaves, he asks Allie if he can pee on Tom's bush. Allie says, James, no. And then when he does it, she says, no, it's Ariana's bush too. (laughs) Uh, in the preview for next week, it does look like Tom is going to go around to his entire party telling mm-hmm. everyone about how James fucked Kristen in his bed with his condoms when they were supposed to move in together right after he and Kristen had broken up. And these people are like, we literally just met you like six months ago. We don't mm-hmm. fucking care. Like we've, we've, also, we've also seen the show. We're being paid to be here as cast extras. We do not know who these people are. Yeah. We don't know you, even. Really? I would yeah. say. I think I think we should title this episode Ariana's Bush, because I think that cracks me the fuck up. It's Ariana's Bush, too. Ariana's Bush, too. She's so cute. On the after show, Lala continues to side with Sandoval on the house thing, saying that Ariana definitely has the money to leave and to still be able to pay her mortgage. She says, you know, like, I think Ariana needs to consider that someone like Tom isn't going to leave and just, like, do it. James tries to explain that Ariana's situation is different than Lala's was. Uh, Lala needed to get Ocean out of that home. Also, Lala didn't own that home. So, like, this whole, like, I just, like, left. Sheena was Uh like, well, you left and it was with a baby and that's harder. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't own the home. Like, it is different. Ariana like kind of talks about like Katie I know how much you're paying in rent and like I would be paying that if not more because rent's gone up since then even but like I essentially would like still be responsible for the house which Tom says she's not paying but she would still be responsible for a mortgage and now a rent and it's just like you know like let her be petty like she's right like he wrecked this home why am I gonna let him keep it so I'm not gonna lie I don't like this from Lala I get that people have opinions that she should just move, but if she wants to do something just to do it, just to stand her ground, then like, who cares? Like let her. And like Lala has been in the past, very like, if people like want to piss me off, I'll give it to them. Or like, you know, like she's done stuff just for the petty before. Mm -hmm. Um, I do agree that legally, Calling the cops won't get her anywhere to tell them that he's throwing a party in her home. But I also wish that Lala would just, like, be there for her, Mm -hmm. like, as a friend and just, like, let her shit talk and, like, let her rant. Yeah. Um, And I think Lala is in, like, such a, like, serious phase in her life that, like, everything is serious. Yeah. And, like, not that Ariana's situation isn't serious, but, like, she just wants to be, like fuck him, I'll call the cops. Like, yeah. let her, you know. Tom says again that what he wanted in his relationship with Ariana was new experiences, not just quality time that included walking the dog or cooking dinner. 
not the same old stuff. He wanted new experiences. When they asked what that is, you can guess. He wishes he could have done mushrooms with her. Still. Mm-hmm. He thinks that his adventurous spirit had begun annoying her. That's what it was. And, yeah. you know. In the, in the same sense that, like, a dog with the zoomies is annoying. Like, right. yeah. You were annoying. And, you know, like, who can blame him for gravitating away from that kind of energy? Yeah. And toward- No one, no one can blame you for that. Then dump that energy. Yeah. Break up with that energy. Right. Like, that's the thing is, like, I think if he had broken up with her, I think the narrative would be different. I think people might believe him that she was, like, kind of, like, bowing out of the relationship aspect of it. But, like, he let it get so far away from him. Yeah. That, like, he can't even control the narrative anymore. And that surprises me, that he would not take the opportunity to control that narrative. Yeah. We're re-watching season 10 for, like, the 17th time, and I just, like, was, I'm just watching and thinking, like, he really thought, okay, before the finale, I really got to get in a bunch of comments about how our relationship's not doing well, so that when we break up, like, it makes sense why we broke up, and, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, Mm -hmm. he's, like, setting the scene to be able to dump her and like make it make sense but I don't know I mean I agree with you that the narrative would be different but I think truthfully the moment that the words came out of your mouth that she doesn't buy pins toilet paper paper towels or batteries Mm -hmm. no what like no one is going like man she's just not good to him everyone's going what that's your that's very the reason to break up a marriage yeah yeah, I agree. I think I I wouldn't have been on his side because... No, but I, yeah, the I, narrative would have been different. But yeah. yeah, I think that, like, he could have at least gained, like, some sympathy. It would have just been like, oh, they turned into roommates. Yeah. How sad this relationship devolved. Yeah. All right. Last thing. Bachelor. Mm-hmm. We kept Bachelor short last week with the premiere of Vanderpump, so we have to backtrack a little bit to give you some context. So... First of all, I am convinced that Sydney has never watched The Bachelor because Homegirl is setting herself up for failure. She mm-hmm. is doing the worst things you could do. So, yeah. last week, some beef came into play when Medina made a comment about being the oldest person there. And Sydney allegedly heard Maria say, like, so what? I'm old too. And Sydney ran to tell Medina, and Medina's feelings got hurt. So it got it gets back to Maria, and Sydney's like, "Yeah, I said it." And Maria says, "There is no way she said that because she doesn't think she is old, and because she doesn't think Medina is old." And so, like, why would I say that? Um, but Sydney is not budging. Also, like the everything Sydney says, I'm picturing her playing with like the little Sylvanian furry creature families and like making up stories and scenarios between herself and Medina and Maria that like simply don't exist mm-hmm. like I feel like she's like playing with dolls like she's mm-hmm. like and then she said blah, 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 and then I said blah, blah, blah. and then like running to tell Joey these things that aren't true yeah and it's, it's like, like so embarrassing crazy. yeah in front of the girl she was like Oh, and and there we go, guys. People saying things that aren't true or like whatever she said, like that's called gaslighting or whatever. And everyone in the room is like, 
Sis? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yes, crazy. So Medina on the group date tells Joey about a situation that had happened in which she felt bullied. She and she specifically does not name names. She just tells him. He like, actually didn't really want to answer at all. Yeah. She's just like this like got brought up and it like hurt my feelings. Like I kind of it made me feel like singled out and like bullied. But she did not tell him who she was talking about. Sydney says like it you don't need to tell him. We all know sis. And then it gets back to Maria again and Medina is adamant that she did not call anyone a bully she did not say there is someone in the house who is a bully she only explained how she felt but maria was still upset with the wording of it which i think is fair it's like saying yeah. stop being stop being such a bitch and they're like i didn't call, I didn't call you call a, bitch. a bitch i said I stop being, being a, bitch. a bitch yeah um yeah. that's that's what it's giving oh so, i like, love that fair i yeah. love that that's a universal experience for <laughs> i didn't say you were a bitch (laughs) yeah like i said last week i think maria is a pick me but i don't think she's a bully yeah she was literally just saying like oh no one should feel insecure about their age like there are other girls here that are on the older end and like Mm -hmm. we're all hot and like yeah whatever (laughs) sydney has decided though that she has to tell joey everything that has gone on she's or everything that has gone on in her doll in her head she, I swear, like, do you know, like, the Sylvanian families no. I'm talking about? Okay, I have to show you. They're, like, on TikTok, like, people get them, and they're, like, they're, like, little dolls, but they're animals, and they're, like, velvet, and they, like, people, like, they're, like, like a, like a gerbil family and, like, elephants, and they'll be, like, oh, my God, like, mom is fucking the elephant milkman, and, like, oh, my God, like, like they're like they're Sylvan they're called Sylvanian families or they're all they have another name it's called like calico critters Mm. um it's I'll show you it's funny um anyway so Sydney she like is saying to the women to cameras anyone who will listen to her um that she has to tell Joey what is happening she pulls him aside at the pool party and tells her that Maria is now fully bullying her. She said that she called her dumb and something else. I don't remember. Which, like, literally did not happen. She did not say that. At least or not anything like camera, that. But yeah. yeah, her saying that Maria was verbally abusive. Yeah. Girl. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> That was the tamest fight I've ever seen on The Bachelor. Yeah. Like, like that first night, at least. And so it's like, what? I I genuinely feel like it was the the parts of Maria talking were just her, like, explaining herself. Mm -hmm. Or, like, how she felt. Like, or saying, like, that's not true. Like, what you're saying is, like, not true. Like, that's all. Joey then pulls Maria aside and asks about it and she starts crying because she says that she was bullied growing up. She does not take that word lightly and she does not appreciate it being thrown around the way it is. And she, of course, tells him that if he likes Sydney, he cannot like her. He is like clearly torn up because someone is lying and he doesn't know who it is. Um, It's Sydney. He did straight up say, though, like, 
Maria seems like she's telling the truth more than yeah. Sydney does. Yeah. Um, I will say initially I was like, girl, don't say you can't say you, that. If you like her, you can't like me. Yeah. But also like somehow it worked. Joey was yeah. like, Maria's right. They are so different. I can't really like both of them. Yeah. They do both get a rose at the ceremony. And in the okay, preview, mm-hmm, the preview for next week's two episodes, we can see where they get a two-on-one, which feels like early for that, where Sydney st- says that she is going to make shit up to get Maria sent home, pretty much. Nice. So I will say whatever I have to say, even if it's a lie. By any means necessary. Yes. And it, like, girl, come on. Yeah. If you get engaged to him, he watches his season back, he's going to be like, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, you're not playing the long game here. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. <sighs> All right. Reminder, we won't be here next week. Next Tuesday. Yes. But no no breaks in the Friday episodes. So, yeah. Bye. Bye. Next time on The Housewife Did It, Katie will tell Mary the story of the Menendez brothers in part one. And join us next week for part two. Follow us on all social media at Housewife Did It Pod. Housewife Singular.